Hello, everyone. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. It is the epilogue to the Beauty of Video Games Volume 5, Feeling Villainous. I have a special guest who is going to conclude and also come in his own way to speak about this subject on why we just love villains. Now, he's co-host of Arsenal X co-host with Nintendo Power Block. He co-hosts the NX show for the Codename NX project. He has an album out and he's one of the best DJs that I have known that I get to help edit sometimes when I hear this music. (laughs) Everybody. You know him as Phantom NXS or Phantom Maggot in the past. But right now you get to we know him again as the one the only one of my favorite friends, one of my besties. Uh, we <laughs> he came down to visit, we ate, we watched movies, and just enjoyed our time. Everybody, please welcome the one, the only, the wise Wisconsinite, Jesse Douglas. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone. Yeah, and we watched a movie that you know had villains in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So we are, um. Closing out the uh, beauty of video games, Volume 5, Feeling Villainous. And I invited Jesse to give the epilogue because he loves horror. And, you know, horror is kind of, you know, if you're going to have a horror movie, you're going to have an antagonist. You're going to have a villain. And so in the past weeks, you know, with all the writing, with all the podcasts that I've, I've been doing and everything with my special guests. And once again, thanks to... Uh, Benji, thanks to Eric M. Hunter, and thank you to Devin Cox, all for coming in and talking about the video video games, uh, about villains and stuff. Thank, thank those guys. They really, really had great conversations and things to say uh, with me. But like, I gave it, to, I gave this one to Jesse because I'm just like, we love horror. You know, yeah. I, I'm not such big into horror, but you know. Jesse knows like horror, so he knows a thing about villains and stuff. And yeah. that's much stuff we talk about, like with the Ninja Turtles, um, mm-hmm. like the video games. It's just like even political stuff. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, we have some have some good political talks sometimes. Yeah. But <laughs> we have um, just like we always talk about the good things about stuff, and we never talk about the villains. So I invited yeah. Jesse to come on to talk about this because man this project was kind of fun it was it was really good actually celebrating villains for a chance Mm -hmm. so we're going to kind of get into like the first part like the first week where i kind of broke down uh you know a different side to know which is like what, why is it good to celebrate villains? What is it that, you know, knowing about a villain makes you happy and you want to root for them? If you are a person who kind of like to see a different side of how things play out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm actually... Well, do, yeah. So, so like, like, this is the way that, like, I look at, like, why why a villain like and especially in these cases where people like want to root for them and stuff mm-hmm. is you know like 
kind of like you said with the reason being why you wanted to do you know focus a show on on villains because you know not not everyone like like gets gets the chance to to make the villain be the you know the the person who wins in the end or you know like so so every once in a while like just because it's different and it's and it's a unique way of of like making something you know like whether it be a movie or a game like every once in a while sometimes we just for the fun of it want to see the villain you know win sometimes or or like i think i think the whole thing about villains and movies or video games and stuff is a lot of times like when you really get to um and i feel like we don't get this enough but a lot of times when you can actually get like a a background story of villains yes um a lot of the times you'll find out that they you know we may have gone through very similar things in our lives as they did but but that that turning point of what what made them be a villain versus using that that trauma or that experience to do something good with it is is ultimately you know like what what you're getting to take a look at and you know, in some ways you can maybe learn from it, you know, learn from the, you know, like, well, I'm, or, or just be glad that, you know, like, I'm glad that I maybe took that experience a different way, or I, you know, like I took a different road or, you know, like, and that's the thing is a lot of the times, even the heroes have gone through the same things as the villains in some, in some films or some games, yes. but it but they're showing you the different paths so the villain villain you know would represent the path that that you could have chose and the hero's path shows you the path that you know that was better taken and you know like done with with hope and instead of anger and you know and so you know villains a lot of the times are are just a symbolism of of you know things that we face in everyday life i think you know it's there's something about a villain that uh and it's good that you mentioned backstory because when you think about some some villains backstories you sometimes see the the abuse the mental um frustration that they have because like why is this person getting the good stuff and not me or why am i being made fun of or why am i being judged and stuff Mm -hmm. and so they end up he or she ends up or i should say it also because it's sometimes monsters or something they end Mm -hmm. up uh, exposing that anger by causing the chaos, by getting revenge, by mm-hmm. just acting out. And it's just like, wow, I wish I could feel for this person. But mm-hmm. because I didn't, I got that backstory later on and I just seen what this person was designed to be, you kind of just assume that because it's a villain, you're not supposed to root for them. You're supposed to be like, boo, get them, defeat mm-hmm. them. And it's just supposed to be mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. 
But sometimes it's just like you got to take an account that, you know, this villain could have been a good person, but mm-hmm. they were desired to be the villain because they have to um, show the opposite side that not everything in the world is perfect. Not everybody is good. Instead. Yeah. Um, and 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 i'll just say it i'll just say it get it out of the air right now that like like when i think like the quintessential thing that really focuses on villains and gives you the best look at at all aspects of it mm -hmm. is the reason why i love the batman world like so much which is which is like which is funny because that was the following week, like kind of discussion. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like I, I am a massive Batman fan, and like I, a matter of fact, before we recorded this, I just got done watching an episode of Gotham, uh-huh. and like Gotham is like one of the best shows to really show you how someone can become a villain. Yes. Even though they may do good things at times and they are good, essentially good people, but they've lost hope in doing things the right way because it just doesn't seem to work for them. And so then they go about doing things that are kind of good, but they go the wrong way about doing it. And yes. then and then at some point they get so far into this darkness that that they just completely lose any kind of like hope or or, you know, like, you know, like positive emotions or, you know, positive reasons for doing things, you know. So, yeah, like in my opinion, the Batman like like universe is is like one of the best examples of of all the different uh, complexities to why someone might become a villain. Yes. You know, it's good that you mentioned Gotham because Gotham is weird. And the reason why Gotham is weird is because the way that the first season started is different on how that show evolved into now. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to uh, focus on um, the chief. um, Well, um, Jim, I can't what is yeah. his last name? And it still is. It's still very focused on him. Because he's not but, the chief yet, right? Or Yeah, he's still yeah, he's well where I'm at, he's yeah, where I'm at, he's like basically in control of everything. Like he's he's like the the beacon of hope for any like but where I'm at right now mm. in the I'm on the fifth season or whatever, it's it's so completely different, you know, from the the beginning. Because now Batman is is basically a thing. Like, I mean, he's young still. He's you know he he's still just young, younger, like teenage yeah. Bruce Wayne. But he's he's doing the whole dressing up like Batman type thing, kind of in some way. It, doing you know, like some detective aspect. work. Yeah. And, well, he. The detective work, I mean, yeah, that's kind of always been something that he was kind of doing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he's off on his own for the most part trying to solve and, and figure things out and do things. But, like, but Gordon is still, like, the main, yeah. like, the, like it all focuses around him. But they focus on all the all the villains. Like, ultimately, the villains play the biggest part in, in the show. 
because it's constantly what they're doing and what Gordon is trying to do to stop them. Because so. it, start, it started out about a, like a mafia, like two mm-hmm. different side groups. Yeah. And then um, like there'll be some episodes where you'll get this villain that that's not in the Gotham or Batman universe, but it's just in that show. And well, it is. It it is it is in the God, like in the Batman universe, but but th- like again, this is all focusing on on earlier stuff. Like yeah. a lot of this stuff does exist in the Batman world. Yeah, it's it's just we're getting to see it when it first was becoming a thing. So so in a way, it is it is very new, kind of in some ways. But but, but, not- but there is a lot of stuff like from it. In the Batman Cause it's comic, not, it's not the main villains like Joker, Penguin, and stuff. Yeah, there, there yeah, was, it is. There was like um one who it was one man. He was carrying a suitcase and stuff, and who was doing killings and everything. It was like in the first season. It was like a one shot one. Some episodes where they were like one shot for the villains, um, okay. while still having like that mafia dra- drama. It made a change after like in season yeah. two and more. But like yeah. in season one, there used to be like some villains that was just that one shot villain, and you just don't yeah. see them anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and there, and that's kind of been like that in the comics as well, where mm-hmm. sometimes yes. they'll they'll just be like a bad guy. But yeah, like for the most part, all the villains now that they focus on are all ones that that you think are dead, like every other episode, and then they they're back because they're like that's just the the nature of you know of Gotham, and you know like there's you've got scientists the. The, the scientist who's evil, who is, you know, in, in all these supernatural things that are going on with certain mm. uh, evil characters where they can bring people back to life or they can, you know, they can do things, control people, mind control people. And they can there's just all kinds of stuff going on. But, yeah, it's like that's why I like it, though, is because it it focuses on all the the um all the the early versions of all of all the characters, mostly though the the villains. You're really getting to see the character building of how and why that that person became a villain. Because some of them right now, like yeah, they do bad things, but but they still genuinely have somewhat of a good heart yeah. and are trying to do things that are right. But when when villains are killing villains or trying to kill each other, I mean, are they technically still bad because they're trying to kill them when, I mean, they are villains. So is it really, you know, like you question yourself, is it really that bad if, if you're trying to kill a villain, someone who's evil? Sometimes I think when, when it's a villain killing another villain, it, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is betrayal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which kind of leads into the next thing that we discussed that we on the first week. Um, different mediums depicts different madness. So different mediums, as in you know, we mentioned Gotham, which is a TV yeah. show, even though it's based off of a uh, comic. Like it uses the DC Batman universe to make a TV show. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes TV, films, comic books, video games, even Japanese manga or like different uh, forms Mm -hmm. of entertainment, they always have a level of madness that they're allowed to show. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, we got the, of course, we got the FCC and some of the rulers. So, you know, you might get like some dark stuff on Gotham, but you might get some awesome, some dark stuff animated, like from Spawn mm-hmm. on HBO. And mm-hmm. that might push more of the boundaries, but because it's premium TV, mm-hmm. they're allowed to show more stuff. As in yeah. video games, there is a limit on what can be shown because for yeah. consoles, you could get an M rating and the villain could be crazy as ever, but you can't have anything in, like rape and stuff. Where in films, you can't have rape. You can even have animated rape. Um, yeah. If you want to have rape in video games, it has to be AO, and consoles won't do it, but PC will. So yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of weird to see how different mediums depicts different madness. Um, is yeah. there any kind of particular like medium that you like, or do you uh, do you think that the madness that comes from villains from these different mediums do you think that do you think that sometimes it needs to push boundaries to tell a story or really showcase what that villain is, or do you feel like? No, keep it the way. Let if films want to deal with this, let films deal with it, and let my video games deal with video games deal with. Yeah, I well, you know, like I'm, I'm not one to really like, you know, feel like if, if there's something that bothers me or something that I just don't think like personally, I don't want to see or don't think you know should be in in a movie i'm not really good i'm not really one to care you know if if someone wants to put something like that in in their movie or in their video games something you know that's just you know over the top like i'm that's fine you know that's their that's their artistic choice yes. but like one the one thing that i honestly that i'm not really fond of being in 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 uh movies and or games and stuff is rape like i just like like i just picture someone who maybe has gone through that um you know having to see that something like that happen and even though it's fake i could see where it could still be very traumatic to Mm -hmm. them and you know and like and it's just i mean you know, rape in general, it's like, in my opinion, it's worse than murder. Like, you know, because it's, it's like, it's like doing something that damages someone so badly. And, and, but then you still have to be alive to have to live with it, you know, like, and in some ways I think that's, it's worse than murder. Like, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people will probably say, well, that's what law or order special victim union is about. It's about, yeah. Um, uh, people being raped or the simulation yeah. of rape and then yeah. they find the person accused and, and things like that. And yeah. I, I yeah. Think- and I, and I'm, I'm fine with it being a motive and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I just like, I'm just not a fan of like when some, you know, some movies will, will maybe go a little too overboard with like showing it, like mm-hmm. actually showing it very graphically. And and I and I get it. They're trying to to strike that emotion in you to like really make you, you know, angry and connect with the character, you know, on a on a level like of anger and to maybe, you know, like 
push their their storyline and you know make the the person watching it yes you know feel that you know justified in the end when you know when said person who did the rape or whatever you know gets gets uh gets you know what he's got coming for him or or she's got coming from him you know or it whatever (laughs) you know so but you know like so like you know like that's the thing like i said i'm not i don't really it doesn't really like if someone wants to put that stuff in their movie i'm perfectly fine with it i just personally like on a personal level it's just you know like I just feel like there's a million other ways that you could you can create a story and and uh, you know create a narrative where where you know make someone a villain and like something that's you know just so disgusting and and real I guess like that is is like for me I guess if I was making a movie it would be like the last thing the you know my the last thing that I would go to. Which, for for making a, which that's probably why we don't see much of NC seventeen movies in the mm-hmm. sense you know it, yeah. when it comes to rape, uh, which is a very touchy touchy subject, which is mm-hmm. really hard to discuss, um, when you're when you're talking about it with people who haven't been raped or who don't understand what rape is, like like a sexual assault and stuff, um. Mm-hmm talking to talking to it about about it with the person who has been through that you know mm-hmm. they would have a different view in everything mm-hmm. um, and, and, so- and I think and I think maybe that's it like maybe maybe it's maybe I don't like it so much because a lot of the times it feels it feels fleeting mm-hmm. like like it's like it's just in there just to 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 cause uh an anger effect like you know just kind of just thrown in there just to make you upset but they but there's no real like like there's nothing there's nothing being learned from it or nothing like it it's not being taken seriously and and sometimes like maybe that's what it is, is it's just like it it feels kind of dirty when you're just using it as as just you know, a throwaway thing if, if, and not really taking it. Like, if it's a character trait, you know, yeah. like if, if a detective be like, or a chief or a policeman be like, you know, this person that we're looking for is a sexual predator yeah, and rape happens. Yeah. You kind of understand. Um, okay. You see why this person, this person is considered as a sexual predator, you know, he raped mm-hmm. all these women or she raped all this, these men or mm-hmm. they raped the same sex or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We know that characteristic is that sexual predator. But that's what mm-hmm. Now, I do agree with you. If they just throw it in for no apparent reason, like if you're just looking for this villain and if it just feels like it's been forced in for some apparent mm-hmm. reason, it doesn't gel well. And yeah. some people do feel uncomfortable or some people be like, why did you throw this in? This was not necessary. You had, you had enough going on where this wasn't needed. Yeah. You know? And I feel like there's just like a, there's a tasteful way that you can even simulate it mm-hmm. without, you know, without, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just, 
it's just such a you know it's just such a like a hard hard thing to have to you know and and i mean that's good you know that we that you know when people like i said are like you know like learning from stuff or or like you know like there's a like there's a reason for it and you know and thing just in real world things to mm-hmm. you know know what to you know signs of things or you know or or people to report things because unfortunately a lot of times you know that it's one of those things that is just so horrible that these people feel so disgusting and and they you know like sometimes feel like 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 they're, they're it's their fault or something like that and so they don't report things or you know and stuff like that you know i i, I guess that's the thing is like at least we've got more of that kind of stuff coming yes. out where where there's you know it's being used for for a, a positive reason and, and it's being you know like at least talked about more because i feel like i feel like a lot of, like like back in the day and like old like old horror movies and stuff, you'd have rape and all that kind of stuff. And it just was, it just was part of the movies that like, it, you know, it was just to be scary, you know? Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really like, you know, used in the way that it is maybe today, you know, f- to bring up more of a, of a conversation or things like that, yeah. you know, but cause I mean, there's plenty of things like where, you know, now with, with a lot of, uh, you know, real life villains, you know, getting, getting movies and TV shows like where we're, you know, basing it on like serial killers and, and yes. things like that, you know, like actual villains, <laughs> you know, like real villains that have actually lived, you know. Yes. Well, uh, uh, moving on, uh, should villains have more success? Should villains have more success? Like, Overall, just in like a lot of like in shows and stuff like that. Just in anything, I, in I, any medium. I think, I think, yeah, like there's definitely like, well, the, see, the thing is, the thing that we run into a lot too is, and I'll bring up another show that I like, you know, that I've watched so much of that, that has really good villains, like with Naruto. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of the characters that you see as villains like are are kind of like you know almost like spawn was where he he was an anti-hero he wasn't necessarily a villain but he wasn't exactly perfect or good you know yes. and it's kind of like the same with like the uh, the officer gordon in in the uh, in gotham as well where he's kind of a hero, but at the same time, he's not, he's not good. Like in some aspects of his life, you know, like he has a lot of, he's made a lot of mistakes. And I think, I think that's the thing is like some villains, like that's just it is they have just made mistakes and they do have good intentions. Um, And so like, I think that, that every once in a while we should uh like cheer on those villains because because I I don't think that they they necessarily have to stay villains you know there are there are shows you know and and like in Naruto like 
like one of the main focuses in that show is Sasuke wants to kill his brother because the his brother uh killed wiped out their whole entire village. Yeah. Like that's all we know for like, you know, 900 episodes. And and then you, when you find out what really was going on and why everything happened, you realize, well, maybe he wasn't a villain. Like he was, you know, he did something wrong, but but there was a there was a a positive or a good reason for it. There was a purpose. and yeah, there was a purpose for for what was happening, and it was for the greater good. That 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 decision or those bad things were being done. So, like, I think, I think, like, a lot of times, like, we we cheer for villains because maybe you know the person creating the content is trying to hint at something that hey maybe maybe we can cheer for this one because maybe he actually really isn't that bad as bad as we think you know like or 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 hey like i i see something in this character that that i can relate to you know maybe maybe you know like we got to realize that some people just make mistakes and and Sometimes we, if we forgive those mistakes, like they, when you really look down to things, they're actually not that bad of a person. You know, like I, I can like speak even from, from personal experience. Like when I was younger in school and stuff, like I, I had a life, you know, at home that wasn't exactly great, you know, in some aspects and like I was kind of a of a an odd jerk when I was younger and I was kind of like could be a little bit of a bully and and one of the people that I used to pick on a lot in high school I'm actually best friends with now like my my friend Pat like I I was like a piece of shit to him when I was younger you know and and you know like that's because like my life was shit at home in a lot of aspects and so I was acting out and just being an idiot, you know, a dumb, dumb young kid who's angry. And I was being a villain, but it, but in reality, it was just that I needed to figure my stuff out and realize, you know, that I was being stupid and I was taking my anger out on the wrong people, people who don't deserve it. You know, like that, you know, like there's a lot of that happens to a lot of different people. I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately, that's what a lot of bullies are is they're they're kids that are damaged and and don't don't have, you know, as much positive things going on in their life that that are steering them in the right direction, you know, and sometimes that's all it needs is they, they just those people just need some kind of you know, like friendship or, or just some kind of positive boost to get them, you know, going in the direction that, that they maybe are much better, you know, focused on. And sometimes all of that stuff does catch up with them. Like that, what you do sometimes in your younger years 
Mm-hmm. Kind of gonna, kind of is gonna be shown when you get to your later years, and you, yeah. when it's too late for you to recognize, you might have done some damage. Not speaking about you, there might have been some damage already done that broken a lot of relationships, a lot of friendships, and now people are viewing you, whether you made it or not. People are viewing and still judging you by your past character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of what happens with villains, you know, mm-hmm. they're looked upon as this as this character that you know has been just negative, you know, most of their mm-hmm. most of their existence or most of their time, and we just place this judgment, you know, that they are damaged goods that they're not a great person and stuff mm-hmm. and so if we do see a villain have uh, have success because i think we should see more fictional wreck stories wreck it ralph wreck it ralph is a perfect example of of a character who who is considered the villain in the video game and he wants to do good, but everyone just wants to ignore him and says, oh, you're you no, know, it's too late. You're already the bad guy. Well, yes. you know, like that's that that doesn't have to be a character's final fate. You know, like they they can change and and, you know, and, and just as much as as we want the hero to win in the end, we should also want to cheer on the villain and hope that they maybe do find that thing that can finally change them. And you know, spoiler alert for the not Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the uh, uh, Affinity War or War, um, that one, uh, where um, what's his name? Uh, I'm gonna say Galactus. It's not him. Um, when they get the stones and stuff, and he snaps oh Avengers, his, yeah Avengers, yeah. When he snaps his finger, um, he pretty much wins. And even though, and you guys can watch part two, they kind of reverse everything. He snapped his fingers, got what he wanted, got onto his own planet, and then you see in the beginning of the second of the follow up movie. How he kind of just like, I had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I accomplished my goal, and now it feels lonely. It feels like, you know, there was no, there was, you got your reward. You got what you wanted, but there was no good reward that comes from it. And you guys can go watch the Avengers movies to get more of a better understanding of what, how all of that plays out. But, you know, when a villain gets, you know, sometimes get their success in fictional movies or even the games and stuff, like, it, it, what if King Cooper did get Daisy or uh, Princess Peach, you know, mm-hmm. um, Toadstool, whatever you guys want to see it as? Um, what if King Cooper got away with it? Mm-hmm. You know, would we still play Mario games? Would we look at Mario as a failure? Uh, would we start cracking on Mario and, and everything? Like, if Nintendo was to design a sequel to an actual Mario game where King Koopa actually won, that may be an interesting... It's it's called Braid. Go play Braid. Oh, no. <laughs> if you haven't played Braid, play that. 
that braid is a odd one. But it's I do great. Like, well, it's, it's great. It's it's it's, it's, it's it's the it's the exact opposite of what a Mario game is. What, what, what if in the end Mario is the bad guy? That's it. That's what that game basically shows and, you. And that's why it feels like like the twist of that game is good. Like it's, but, it's genius. Yeah. It like is. when I when I finished that game, I was just like, "Holy shit, dude! This is so awesome!" Like I did not expect that. Yeah. Like I I was just completely like that. That game is still like one of like my all time favorite games like ever. Like I, it just like the, the way they played with all the different mechanics in it and all that. But, but just the fact that you, you know, you're playing as what you think is the good guy, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and then, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's a, it's a good game. Yeah. If 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 everybody got a chance to play that game, go play. Uh, We're going to move on. Uh, I got a hint about this. It's supposed to be a play on. I got a hunch about this. And this one kind of talked about henchmen, you know, the side character. Um, If you talk to, uh, well, if you guys listen to the first episode of this uh, project, uh, me and Benji talked about uh, Rita. Um, and how, uh, 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 Gorzon, uh, was it Gorzon? I think it is. Uh, Zornon. Zornon. Zordon. 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 Yeah, right? I, yeah, because I think he was the, he was Rita's, like, right-hand man. He was in a gold. Uh, or yeah, yeah, wait, what was, what was the, uh, what was the computer guy's name, though? Am I thinking of maybe him instead? Yeah, you are. Okay. Uh, a Z, it was like I always want to say Zenith because he had the Z. He, Zor, yeah, maybe it was Zornon or what something like that. I he, can't remember. He was uh, Zenith was the second one because he had yeah. that red uh, outfit yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, he was the, the he was Z, the yeah. second one. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, everybody, that we're getting names uh, and stuff wrong. We're just having a good discussion. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can say. Um, yeah. Uh, he he kind of was, um, you know, kind of uh, Lord Rita's right hand man. Like he would always go down and fight and everything. Yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, okay, yeah. The the yeah the she had all those like couple of guys that would yeah. that she yeah would send down. Goldar is what it is. Okay. Goldar. Yeah, gold Goldar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the okay, so yeah, we're just kind of talking about like the henchmen and stuff yeah. like that, like because like okay, so of course Shredder is yeah, Shredder is um, uh, Crank's like right hand man. Uh, even though yeah. it felt like most of the series really was about Shredder, uh, yeah, Shredder was just pretty much the right hand henchman to Crank. Yeah, you know. Yeah most of the toys and most of the cartoons and the movies that you see focus on Shredder being that villain. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's like, we we sometimes ignore the henchmen that are like his side character. We always sometimes ignore that person. And it, yeah. and it, was, and it was weird because, you know, Shredder was Crank's henchman um, but 
Bebop and Rocksteady was Shredder's henchman. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think it was like ultimately like Shredder is was like was the the main enemy but but then yeah then when Krang came along and and you know like it was his intelligence it was almost more like a a collaboration yes because because you know like Shredder was still kind of his own character and then you know and and had his henchmen but but kind of like because they're they're like Shredder didn't really exactly like Krang Mm mm-hmm in a lot of ways, like they, those two like fought all the time. Yes. They're more like a married couple than anything, <laughs> but you know, like they, yeah, they, they just kind of worked together kind of just because they, they felt like they had to, to try to get something to try to get rid of the turtles and do whatever it is they wanted to do. But, but I feel like, yeah, like he, like he was kind of still his own, his own, uh, character. So like uh, yeah I think I feel like that's a little different but but I mean like but either way yeah he did have his his henchmen and and uh Krang I believe eventually had I think eventually Baxter was his one of his henchmen um but I think so yeah um but yeah I, I mean yeah the the turtles universe there's so many characters in that yeah. So many villains and stuff as well, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of lot of good villains. Like there's like um which is weird because in going back to the Mario games, uh King Koopa has like some kind of henchmen, uh henchmen also. Uh but it always depends on which game that you're playing. Uh to understand who his henchmen in? Because if you do the role playing games, it's uh, it's the witch one that's on the broom. Yeah. Um, but if you play like uh, if you play like Super Mario Brothers three, it's his children in a sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, and like I feel like one of the things with like the Mario the Mario like characters is that it almost feels like, like, like animalistic and, and intentions with like why certain characters are evil because of like, uh, it's just the nature of what, what kind of creature they are Uh um, versus, you know, it's just kind of like their fate. It's almost like fate, but, but yeah, because like you know, like the turtles are kind of just like they just do do what they can to stay alive. It almost feels like or whatever. Like they're just kind of there and and kind mm-hmm. of like you know they're they're basically like slaves. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, in a way, I I kind of wrote about, a little bit about Castlevania because like Dracula. He doesn't really have a henchman. You know, he doesn't yeah. have a side uh, character. But if you really had to put, like, a henchman connected to him, it's it's pretty much death. Because you always feel yeah. like you always fight death in the Castlevania yeah. games. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's like, uh, like, like I was trying to think, like, you know, with Spawn, 
like Spawn was technically given life back from death. Mm-hmm. Like, and the, the Spawn is such a weird, it's a, it's a weird like thing to try to think of, like wrap your head around like everything. Cause, cause carnage, like carnage, which is that, the clown guy who can turn into violator or, or, or no, they, like violator. That's a yes. violator is the clown guy who can turn into that, like really, creepy creature is kind of like spawns it spawns enemy but at the same time like it's his it's the the main villain of the show but at the same time like he's that character is just watching over spawn because death wants him spawn to do what what he's been granted uh you know, life to be able to come back alive again to do, you know? So it, like it, that show, that show and comic and all that stuff is really, is really an interesting look on, on just, you know, like everything in general, like it yes. just kind of twists the whole plot, you know, cause there is no technically really good guy or bad guy or, you know, I mean, they're all bad almost, but it's, yeah, it's, if you've never seen that that show, like the animated show that used to be on HBO, like, and you have any way of watching it, you definitely should. It it's interesting and it's good, yes. but yeah, there the the henchmen stuff though. There's there's been you know like like <laughs> again another like Disney type or whatever movie that the uh, the Despicable Me. You know, yes. like that, you know, he was a bad guy who had all the minions as his henchmen, but he ended up eventually becoming good, you know, like, so there's, you know, there's like, for whatever reason, D- Disney's got a, a couple of, uh, what, of DreamWorks. Ex- uh, yeah, DreamWorks and Disney, like you've got, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the Beast, you know, is, is technically a bad guy, but, you know, there's a reason or a motive for it and. And, you know, he ends up being good because, you know, like there's a, you know, there's a lot of examples of like the villains and, you know, and, you know, luckily we have some examples of like why, you know, they, they are the way they are, but the, the henchmen, like they do a good job of the henchmen stuff and, and beauty and the beast as well. You've got like all the characters and that are turned into things around the house that are kind of his henchmen almost, but yeah. So uh, the last one that we had for that week for the first week was representation matters, and this kind of dealt with we need to see more representation in our villains, and you know yeah. we're not just talking about race because it's easy to be it's easy to put a white guy or a white female pretty much but a white guy. Um, to put them as the villain, and that's it, you know. Or for some first-person shooters, a lot for the round of 360 PS3, it always felt like Russian or some fake Islamic uh, state um, city. Yeah. They were the terrorists, or they were, you know, the ones to gun down. Uh, and it was just like, why can't there all? Why can't there be more diversity? Um, of villains, why can't we have like a gay villain or a, uh, a lesbian villain? Why can't we have 
uh, a person in a wheelchair who's the mastermind of every uh, over everything, and like they are, they can't move or they can't function, but they got a brain that could think a whole bunch of things, and, mm-hmm. you know, and get away and be successful. Like I think we sometimes need more diversity uh, and yeah. have that representation matter. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, you're a white male. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you er- do you ever think that you that you feel like I wish I played more games or I seen more uh, different mediums that there was just a different spectrum of representation for a villain and not just the basic white guy being the villain. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, like it's kind of it's kind of tough when unfortunately when you're dealing with like military games Mm -hmm. because there there is an underlining you know like um like not really motive but they're like you know like when you're when you're doing something about the military and things like that it you know they they have to it's kind of got to be a certain way and it's got to like depict you know it can't can't really you know like sometimes if you're dealing too much in you know trying to base a game too much in reality there's just certain things i feel like that 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 the developers maybe aren't allowed to do like you know like uh, like the call of duty games and all you know a lot of a lot of those kind of games unfortunately are they're kind of their hands are tied i think because because they are trying to be so realistic and based on, on like real things. And, and when, when we're telling, and we, you know, like we know this, like most, most adults, I think know this, that, you know, a lot of the history that we learn over the years of our life aren't exactly telling those stories and, and maybe the way that they truly happened in some cases. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the thing is like sometimes because, you know, if it's being written about a story or something being written about America or being written about our military or whatever, they can't really do something negative that would make it, make it seem negative or like a poor choice was made or, you know, like there's just certain things like when you're dealing with that kind of genre that I feel like they're not allowed to do. And so like I do, that's why I do feel like um, games like the first, uh, like the, the first uh, dead rising Mm -hmm. is like a, is a good example of them just taking the most unlikely of characters and making them like bad guys or, you know, like the, the dead rising games in general, like just the whole idea of, or like, you know, like, um, um, the walking dead is another one that, that does a good job of just kind of taking, you know, the, the normal regular person and turning them into a villain. But because, because these people have been thrown in into these situations that that are just completely not the way life you know there has been they've been used to or you know like just completely different and it becomes a um you know you do what you have to do to survive 
like in that situation, that's mm. when the most unlikely of people sometimes end up becoming villains yeah. because it comes down to how much, how much determination and, and, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, you know, people don't become CEOs of, of companies and stuff like that just because they're super, they're super nice and, and aren't, you know, pushing, you know, very hard to be in that position. Like I, you know, like there's a, there's a certain level of, of, you know, like almost not really villainous, but, but like, you know, self, self, like, I don't know how to say it. Like just, you just want, you just care about yourself and trying to do everything in your power to better yourself. And sometimes people lose focus of, of like, Hey, you know, like I'm, I'm not the only person alive, so I should maybe care about other people as well while trying to, you know, get to a position and certain people have that, you know, not saying all people that are CEOs are bad because we know that's not true, but, but they're like, you know, some villains can just be people who are very, very, much focused on themselves a lot and mm. and only care about what they want and what you know and and sometimes make poor choices and do bad things you know just because that's what they have to do they feel like they have to do to survive you know yeah. again it's kind of like we talked earlier it's all about paths that people take and and you could be taking a path for a good reason but it still could be a bad way of going about it and therefore you could almost you know become a villain just because of of the you know taking a darker path to the same you know the same thing that you're focused on you know well, we're going to get into the second week of the blogs um the quintessential criminal and kind of talking about you know, what are some iconic criminals? Um, and if you guys listen to the podcast, um, we have uh, me and Benji, we ran through some characters. Um, me and Eric Hunter, we actually talked about some levels that were just villainous to, uh, to us. And then me and Devin Cox, we talked about some of the 80s and 90s characters. Um, the first topic, though, uh, for that week was the Nintendo equivalent. Like, when it comes to villains, definitely when it comes to video games, the mm -hmm. first one that we, that does pop up is Bowser or King Cooper. Mm -hmm. um, Ganon, Mother Brain. Yeah. Because those games that they come from is so iconic and uh, so easier to go to. Has there ever been uh, any other character that's not Nintendo, but that has been the equivalent of a villain on that level that when you just think of video game villains, you are able to give an answer that comes right away without mentioning anything Nintendo related. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be because of like what we're doing now, but like you have, you know, like the horde and the horde and, and, uh, and gears and, and you know like the there's and halo's got you know like that's the thing is is a lot of a lot of a lot of games tend to have a lot of different like villains but um yeah i mean 
I don't know. I'm having a brain fart well, right like, now. But yeah, there's like, but they, I mean, like, there's. We and you had a uh, conversation about Mortal Kombat 11. And yeah. like, if you think about uh, anything that's iconic as a villain on that kind of level, definitely mm-hmm. gonna dig a shell clown because it's the first yeah. Mortal Kombat. You know, yeah. you you'll probably think of Scorpion and Sub Zero and their battles, but those are just fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when you actually think of a villain, Shao Kahn was because he came and he was tra- you know, he transformed to other characters and used their powers and stuff. So like when you kind of think of that, like oh, if I hear villain, okay, Shao Kahn, or I think of uh, the alien heart from Contra, or Doctor Raleigh from Mega Man, like. You're, or even the ghosts, even though you might not even be able to name them all, uh, the ghosts from Pac-Man at times. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. there are games that, you know, a, a lot of modern games, maybe maybe not. So. Calypso. Calypso yeah. is, a, is, a, is a good one, too, like from the Twisted Metal series. Yes. Yeah, Calypso is kind of almost, he's like the, the Shao Kahn of... Uh, of uh of mortal Kombat, where he's kind of like the evil that's that's like making these people fight for you know for to to get their you know get their wishes oh for twisted metal yeah for twisted metal which like i like i loved twisted metal like when i was younger like that was Mm -hmm. my favorite and like i i i think i a lot of them i beat with all the characters just to see all the endings and stuff like that one of the biggest ones that like without a shadow of a doubt that of course we don't mention it's gonna be a problem is sephiroth from final fantasy yeah yeah like he is a very big iconic equivalent to a Nintendo character. Yeah. A yeah, villain. Like, yeah. you just hear Sephiroth and you think of the music. You think of uh, certain certain moments in the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Regardless yeah. if you like the game or not, Sephiroth, mm-hmm. Sephiroth was a good villain. Yeah. And then you had, like, Dr. Robotnik. Yes. For and Sonic. stuff. Yeah, yeah, for Sonic and... Yeah, and like he, you know, he is very, very iconic, and and uh, yeah, and then well, like with uh, with Mega Man, you've kind of got all the different henchmen that you're kind of going against yes. almost. And I zero, forget, it, uh, not Zero, um, uh, the one from Mega Man Two, uh, two or three, it might have been three, uh, um. I'm not super knowledged uh, with the with the Mega Man games because I did play them growing up, mm-hmm. but I never like it was never anything that I like super like super super got into. Like yeah, I I played them and and you know and some of them I enjoyed, but a lot of the times they were a little hard for me and I didn't really I didn't really you know have a like you know because you had to do a, like beat beat a certain enemy mm-hmm. first so you could get his powers and to make things easier like i never lo- <laughs> i never looked into any of that stuff i probably could have beat him you know if i would have just put the time in but i will say <laughs> and this is gonna probably be uh recognizable the damn level in uh the first ninja turtle games on the nes oh yeah uh, okay uh yeah the- where you had to swim and get all, yeah. the, get all the bombs and uh, yeah, yeah, I hated that level. <laughs> yeah, 
See, I like that was weird because, yeah, like now that I think of it, like I talk about how I didn't really get into into Mega Man because it like I found it really hard when I was younger. But then I think, well, yeah, but I like loved uh, Battletoads and that's like one of the, you know, like, you know, it's no recognizes like one of the hardest games because it was just so like there was just certain things about it that were super were were kind of like borderline glitchy that made it made it difficult like the where you're on the the bike things where you had to jump over stuff and sometimes like you like it was weird about when you'd land or when you jump like and it and it became very difficult at times because you're like you'd have just such a small area that you could land in when you did a jump Mm -hmm. without dying and things you know, like it was just super difficult, but this, I loved that game. Battletoads, that section trained your eyes. Because the thing yeah. about it is, you're not supposed to focus on your Battletoad. You're supposed to focus on where uh, where you're supposed to be at, like your jumps, yeah. or yeah. where uh, the bricks are coming from. And, you know, yeah. it'll flash and then they'll yeah. be there. And you have yep. to react quickly. And mm-hmm. those sections were too long. That's the problem. Yeah. They were too long. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like Battletoads would have been like, I, I think it's the level design in Battletoads that's yeah. such a villain in yeah. in there. Uh, so yeah, good choice. Battletoads. Yeah. Oh, just that game. I swear. <laughs> uh, I did. I did like the one Battletoads versus Double Dragon, but uh, yeah, 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 I love that one. Was good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I I loved double I loved double dragon and yeah and then I and I loved battle toads so like when they brought those two together mm-hmm. it was just like perfect for me at the time. And I think we need I, we definitely I feel like we need more female representation of villains yeah. to be villains. that iconic equivalent to yeah. a Nintendo game because like of course Mother Brain you know. Yeah. Just by the name Mother Brain, you you of course female, but I'm just yeah. like, what other female that is a head villain that you that comes to mind? Yeah, you know? I mean, the only thing I can think of, like off the top of my head, was the like in the new um in the new uh, Wolfenstein games, mm-hmm. like one of the main characters. It's that that one woman who's yes. like uh, she, but like even then, I mean she. She's more of a villain, I feel, of that game. But obviously, like, we know that, like, she's more of almost a henchman. But but at the same time, she is very, you know, a very big part during that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but, like, that's the only one I can think of just off the top of my head. Like, I'm sure there's probably a few, but, yeah, I'm just, my mind's blanking on. Okay. But that's, I mean, that's the thing is, yeah, there is, there, yeah, there isn't maybe enough, uh, enough portrayal of, you know. Yes. So, um, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, why Joker is beloved, but feared. Um, and we probably won't spe- spend too much time cause I didn't see the Joker movie. Yeah, but, I haven't either. But Joker is kind of, when it comes to fictional villains, he is highly ranked up there. Yeah. You know, for comics and film, just for that media alone, um, Joker is so well known. And there's so many different 
origin stories, designs about them. Uh, you know, of course, now in uh, Batman the animated series, when they introduce Hardy Quinn, when you think of Hardy, you think of Joker and vice versa. But yeah. why do you think Joker is so beloved, but he is just really a fear villain? Well, I think I think it's because like and you know, and maybe this is maybe it's just me, mm-hmm. but like I think the one thing in my opinion that DC has always done better than Marvel is is the focusing on the villains. Yes. Like like they like DC does such a good job of of explaining to you why these characters are these characters and why they're villains and why they're important. And and I think Joker is the like he's the perfect example because in the comics or in the movies or in the the TV shows, he tells you exactly why he is so important. Because if it was not for you know him or the villains like him, there'd be no reason for Batman. Like Batman, it's a it's a it's a constant you know it's a constant circle of the only reason that Batman needs to be Batman is because there's villains. And if there's no villains, there's no need for Batman. And if there's no need for Batman, then, then Bruce Wayne kind of loses his reason for becoming all all that time and all that effort that he put into being him, like would be gone if, if, if there wasn't villains anymore, because I mean, he could still do the detective work and stuff like that, you know, on a basic level, he could go back to doing just regular, you know, like fighting regular crime on the streets. But, but like he, he's basically his whole life has been, you know, Batman's whole life has been to stop these villains and try to, you know, save Gotham from, from these these you know people that have like superpowers and have these abilities and you know and and without them and and def- definitely without the joker mm-hmm. like that like he is like one of the main reasons that keeps batman going yes you know like like so so he's important and he's iconic and he's you know like people love him because because ultimately, when it comes down to it, if Joker didn't exist, everything else really wouldn't have to either. Like, right. it, in, in a sense, you know, like Joker is is kind of Batman's crazy, angry, evil side in a sense. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's his motivation, right? And Joker tempts Batman to do something wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that he could understand Joker real, but yeah, Batman, you know, does his best to resist. Yeah, everything. So, mm-hmm. um, that their fight, their relationship is probably one of the biggest iconic things in fictional history. 
for the yeah. modern age. And even around when Batman first started and Joker came on the scene, um, th- there's just so much there. Um, well, there and there's one thing I just wanted to bring up really mm-hmm. quickly with all that. Like, like seriously, um, DC has, has a collection of um they're like a special limited like it was kind of like a limited run thing um like where it was just kind of like some a couple of one-off stories Mm -hmm. that i think essentially became part of a bigger uh series but it it was very short-lived i think it only ran for like a year um and like ultimately if they were to make movies or make tv shows based off of these these comics i think they would be some of the best like uh comic book cinema ever made and so what it was is it was called uh the 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 dark metal it was dark knight yeah i think it was called the black black knight or dark knight metal mm-hmm. i can't i'm i'm blanking on it right now but like what it basically was is um batman went into like into an alternate universe where he he became the villains like there was like where where he went in and he he became the joker yes and then he became like all the different villains uh, from you know the major villains from the the Batman world, and, and in an alternate universe, he you know like was these characters, and so then they had a whole like they had a few comic like comic books, like each comic was about him being that villain in that alternate universe, and um, it was very it's very interesting. I think it would be like a perfect thing to actually make a movie, you know, or a or a TV ser- series based around like kind of kind of focusing on like what would Batman do if he was that villain that he was going against. Uh body switch in a sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think Joker is beloved because you know, of course, just how maniac he is, um, depending on what show you watch. Because I used to watch the color ones, uh, the animated series. I watched the mm-hmm. movies. I got the animated movie. Like, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. I love DC. And, you know, I don't I don't have Joker as a big iconic character for me. Uh, but I know that he is always needed for a Batman story. You just mm-hmm. can't get away from him. Um, I yeah. think the reason why he's feared is because you don't know what danger he's going to put people in. Mm-hmm. You don't know how insane he is going to get. You know, he, yeah. could, he could deliver all these monologues and, you know, make all these crazy jokes and stuff. And depending on the character who played him or how he's uh created for that uh particular medium um it's always something about him that you when you hear that laugh it you just know something is not right and yeah. it, 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 well, and it's weird well and i think i think what it is is like ultimately they're like the only thing that the joker has to lose mm-hmm. is batman 
Like, yes. like he, like the, I, I, I honestly feel like the only thing the Joker is afraid of is Batman not caring about him. Like, and like if Batman was to just straight up kill him, like, or try to kill him, mm -hmm. like that would be the moment that the Joker would no longer exist because like he, his whole reason is like you said, is to, to try to tempt him, but he doesn't want Batman to try to kill him. He wants him to do the right thing still in the end. And, and that's the only thing that I feel like the Joker is afraid of is, is Batman becoming the bad guy or forgetting about him because the second that he forgets about him like batman the joker has no reason to exist anymore yes like he has and he has nothing to lose and so that that's why he's so like insane because he's just not he's not afraid because he has nothing to lose you know in his eyes so he he's willing to do and and you know do anything and and put himself out there, you know, and and not be afraid because, you know, at the same time that he knows Batman will never kill him, so he'll he'll always potentially exist. Yes, he, you know, like he has nothing to be afraid of. So we're gonna move on to the next one, chasing Amy or whoever. Now let me explain. This is not the movie about chasing Amy. This is about horror films where the villain is always chasing a character. It's always <laughs> about stalking. So, of course, Jason, um, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. Um, these, these movies where it's all about stalking your prey, which is maybe a female or some guy. And it's <laughs> always a chase going on. Um, what is, what is it about horror movies and chasing? I think. <sighs> like, like we want to see, we know that the person is going to die, but we yeah. want to see how that person is going to die. And like, this is the thing about, it. this is a stereotype, stereotype thing. So apologies in advance. Some white people would do some things in movies and the crowd reacts mm. in different ways. White people might be like, oh, oh, is she going to survive? If he's going to survive, we <laughs> as black people are going to be like, you know, good or well, you're not supposed to leave the group. You're not supposed to go in that door. You're not supposed to do it. A, B, C, D, E. And we're that yelling. Sucks. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, we are responding to a fictional character in a movie that we know that we can't control, that we can't say yeah. anything. Yeah. So what is what is it about that that, you know, kind of gives you that that hype, that enthusiasm, just like that energy to be like, you did something dumb, now you have to die. You know yeah. good and well that this person is chasing you or and you know, good and well, you're not supposed to go in the dark, you're not supposed to be in light. Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to sneak off to go have sex, but this is stuff that's already already written and planned in fictional movies and horror and stuff. Yeah, what what well, is it about? 
Well, I think I think in some sense I'm almost the wrong person to talk to about because like I like for me personally, when I watch that kind of stuff, uh-huh. like for me, it's about the humor of how how stupid, you know, things happen. Yes. And and, you know, like so for me, like I look forward to that just because it I it's you know, it is it's hilarious and just like and, you know, and it borderline annoying to the part of where it's funny um but yeah i think i think it honestly i think what it is is they you know i think it just starts from the very beginning of when they really started doing that you know like vampires and all those things where where it's always just kind of been about people just being either being somewhere at night by themselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, being afraid of, you know, like the idea of just that at any moment, if someone really wanted to, they could jump out and they could, you know, attack someone or whatever. And so it's just kind of just takes that, that very basic instinct of like, of people being afraid when they're in a, in, in a place that they're maybe not, they're not used to or not familiar with yes. and, and basically just, you know, like making people, you know, feel the, like something that they can, they can like feel in reality of, of being scared and somewhere that they, that they don't know or being, you know, a lot of times those movies, like, you know, they take place at this, like this redneck, you know, Hick family that's out in, you know, out, in the the country somewhere completely secluded you know like it's just it's you know it's scary to 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 be somewhere where you're you feel like there's like no one for miles and and it's just like kind of a it's brilliant because honestly like most horror movies they they took like such a basic basic thing and they turned it into such a big like phenomena you know like it's it really you know like you see people every day making horror movies and it doesn't take much money at all because it really doesn't like there there really isn't anything like glorified about it you know it's not this big grandiose you know thing that you need to be able to make one of these movies because Mm -hmm. it is so basic and and just so like real you know like you know, it's easy to make it feel like it. It's something that could happen to anyone. Do you do you think anxiety is like one of the best villains for horror? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, I think that... it's definitely the suspense and the the anxiety and like you know a lot of times like some of the better writers will will um make you think that that oh everything's safe so you can just relax for a mm-hmm. moment and then they know like right when they what right when you relax they have you like that's when they can make something happen and then you that then that actually gets a reaction from people because you, they do it when you're least expecting it or or like my wife like da, will not watch the grudge movies because she just she they does just creep her out way too much and and like they took the one area that everyone has always been you know taught like that's the safe place to be like if you're scared in your room when you're a little kid at night you pull the covers over your head and, and, and under those 
under those covers is a safe space, right? And, yes. And just to let everybody know, the grudge is the American version of Jin, uh, yeah. J-I-N, which is a Japanese horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, I, I do recommend watch Jin first before you watch the grudge. Uh, Jin yeah. is really good. It's, it's, yeah. It's suspenseful and creepy, nice ghost story, nice atmosphere and everything. But it's not it's it, it doesn't push the boundaries too much. It's just a good movie literally to watch and everything. Yeah. yeah. And it and it like it it can be very creepy. Like they they do a lot of good things with like just making things happen when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. Or or things you know things happening or or you know like just they'll sneak something in really quick, but yeah like they they took like the you know your safe space and they made it not so safe anymore I, you I, know and things I, like that. I'm so. still trying to figure out in Halloween three, uh, yeah, why no one's in the hospital. Oh yeah, I God I don't. Like there's I, no nurses. I, I remember no bits and pieces of it, but I haven't watched. I haven't watched those in a long time. I, mean, this I, is like, I oh. probably should. I have like I have the whole collection of the Freddy movies, like mm-hmm. all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, all the, you know, like Halloween, like, Michael Myers. Yeah, Michael yeah. I have like a whole. We have like all that the Chuck Chucky movies. Um. One of my favorite, like, like it's not, and it's not like a horror. It, like, I look at it as a horror movie in the same way as like the like the Freddy Krueger movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when I was little, like, um, and I I don't know if it holds up today, but um, have you ever seen Silver Bullet? No, I haven't. No, okay. Yeah, I I liked that one, it, like the Stephen King movie about it's about werewolves or whatever, and it's about a kid uh, who's in a wheelchair. He, the kid's in a wheelchair and he uh, he finds out about um, about where this werewolf or whatever, and so he's like just a little kid and he's trying to hunt it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was a really good. It was a I I thought it was good. Like I think it's one of the better. Uh, um, Stephen, King Stephen King books that were turned into a movie. You know? ah, okay. Then again, I I like even the like the cheesiest of them all. I, I loved Langoliers. I loved that movie. I wish they would remake it and make it look like you know not as cheesy, but <laughs> but it was like I just love the concept of that of that movie. It's it's just such an amazing unique concept. Um, yeah, but. Okay. Well, we're going to move on. Um, why the 80s and 90s villains are valued? Now, me and Delvin, uh, even Benji, uh, and some of Eric and Hunter, uh, we talked about 80s and 90s villains, like some of our favorite villains for, from different periods. But yeah. what is it about the 80s and the 90s? Um, you know, when, when you think of villains, you might think of the movie Scream on how, yeah. uh, how that ending happened. Or yeah. you you think of Jason, you think still of Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, but you know yeah. you think of Megatron. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, you probably would even think of like the Dragon Ball Z cartoons uh, and think mm-hmm. about those villains and stuff like Vegeta and everything. You know, mm-hmm. w- what is it about villains during that time that was so valued? Uh, even um, Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Like, like she's an icon in a sense yeah. in the 90s. Definitely when yeah. you watch the. Uh, she had a cartoon show and yeah. uh she Yeah, started... the show I loved that show. Yeah, and did, did you also watch the uh the game show on uh... Yeah, I watched yeah, the game show. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, just like you, yeah. So it's just like why are these like just value? Like they done something like and not to knock anything from 2000 and up, but you know Maybe there isn't anything that's like the Candyman or uh, single white female or, you know, um, like those kind of movies and video games and stuff like that. What is it about that that's just so valued, like those villains? I think I think in the 80s and 90s, like they, it's just like they weren't it wasn't like nowadays, like where where it they everything you know like a lot of things and you know dc has been has been criticized for this you know a lot but like they they've always you know just a lot of things nowadays go much dark much more darker Mm -hmm. and much more you know not kid friendly yes and and i think i think that's i think during the 80s and 90s a lot of the time and certain things like you had more you had more shows where where that were for kids that also had villains in them you know like you've got like he-man and you've got you know you've got the thundercats and you've got you know the ghostbusters and you, you know like you've got you've got all these things where where the where it's something that's supposed to be for kids as well and so like they like they still have bad guys but for whatever reason, that just the way they went about creating a villain made it like where where it wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal to you know to like that character. Yeah. Well, even like even wrestling, you know, wrestling as you've got your you've got your faces and your heels, and yeah. you know, like you you've got people that are supposed to be bad, but though those characters may be booed they they still a lot of people like them and cheer for them because because they do play the the bad guy character so well yeah triple h and, yeah you know. yeah yeah like the well like hogan and like hulk hogan had had you know been the good guy for the longest time and then like some of the best you know like time uh you know genre or, or uh time for wrestling was when you know nwo had been started and and they were kind of the the bad guys you know in some ways yeah um and you know and uh, like yeah i mean i i think it's just i think it's just during the 80s and 90s there are just a lot of like even like you said the scream the scream villain like it end, ended up being like one of the people that are 
you know, that are there and, and they kind of like made it corny and funny at the end when he got stabbed and, and he's dying and all that stuff. And they, you know, they just made it like they, they, they made a, a lasting, you know, like moment on, you know, of the, the end of the, the first movie or whatever, when, you know, after he had gotten stabbed and stuff like that. And then, and then that series kind of went into something that unfortunately we, we see a lot of in real life. And, you know, you hear like when there's serial killers and stuff like that, you hear about people being copycats who, who will in honor of that, that serial killer, they'll kill someone in the same way. And either whether it's just them trying to get attention which a lot of times is what it's about or mm-hmm. or for them to try to, you know, bring fear into people thinking that that person is still out there or, you know, like things like that, you know, like you've the like the, that's the thing is unfortunately like as much as, you know, like we we watch movies and all that, there are, you know, very real, you know, versions of some of the things that you see in and movies and TV shows out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think, I think that's, you know, ultimately like that kind of stuff is, is the reason why people have like, you know, like stuff to, they use that as stuff to write about, you know, like Leatherface and, and things like that. You know, those kind of movies are uh, like loosely based on some real, real realities and real things that, that we've Mm. seen, you know, over the years uh in you know in in real life so i think we're gonna get into the last part of the second week um who can become the modern iconic villain um some people would say jigsaw from the saw movies like uh just the little puppet like he has been kind of uh, a iconic villain for the modern age but um Mm -hmm. Who do you think? Like, and it could be from comics, video games, uh, film, TV. Like, who do you think can become the modern uh, iconic villain? Now, I will say we are not talking about President Trump. He is not iconic. He's a villain, yeah. but he's not iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um... Yeah, it's it's really hard because it, you know there's like. The thing is, uh, it's a lot of a lot of what we see has been done, mm-hmm. you know. Before, um, I think, like personally, like my my favorite, like like characters that you know, like villain type characters, are like kind of like we were saying with like Joker, people who are mm-hmm. kind of almost like insane to a point or like I like when when they they do something where it's kind of dealing with uh like an internal struggle you know yes. in the character where where you see like you see a breaking down of of themselves and and them trying you know trying to do these bad things and all that stuff but but they're they're like also at war with themselves and and getting to kind of 
like I guess I just I just like it when when you get something that's a little bit more complex than just mm -hmm. like this is the bad guy and you know he's bad because that's what he's supposed to be and you know like I like it when you get these characters where there's a like it's a much deeper rooted issue that's going on you know like you know like the um the riddler and things like that yes. where they have you know like there's some kind of like thing that that they kind of do that's like their like their calling card or whatever um i'm trying to think the like of something that's more more modern though of some like an an idea i guess um maybe the what's the character from no, you can't. Uh, not not the goose from Untitled Goose Gang. You cannot. No, the, no. The there was the 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 Unbreakable was the first movie, and then the and then the second movie, the one with the guy who's got split. the yeah split. Like I think that like that that was one of my favorite like 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 newer like type villain things mm -hmm. where he's got the whole split personality yes. and, and like just that, that struggle between, you know, like where he's almost like, he's almost the villain and the hero yeah. because like a side of him, you know, wants to do good things, but it's like, but there's that evil there that's, that's constantly, you know, coming back and things like that, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's cool. But now that I think of it, probably one of the most iconic of of our ages has got to be like either um, uh, Lord Voldemort or like you know like those kind of Ooh, characters. Yeah, yeah, like because because though he seems basic, like just when you get down to the whole idea of like of him being so so evil that that he like had to almost kill himself multiple times to to make the horcruxes yeah you know like to to split a piece of himself and put it in an object you know multiple objects or well he had to kill someone i think to do it is what it was it was like he had to kill someone in order to be able to to create that so he is so so evil and so you know like determined to be to be you know live forever that he would do something so you know crazy and and uh just evil like i i think he's probably you know obviously harry potter the harry potter world is very big and i would say like that most people probably nowadays yeah. would know who he is and would probably you know like when they like younger kids and stuff and you know people our age even that grew up reading the books would definitely probably say that he's one of the like one of the bigger villains yeah right now that's that's iconic you know so if we're going to get into the last week um the war goes on and this is kind of celebrating why you know, villains continue to do what they do and why it may feel cliche, but we like different takes on it. So the first one is called The Legend of Psycho. And this one pretty much dealt with people taking over the world. Like, what is it about 
what is it about having the power to take over the world? Like, why do you think villains want to achieve that as a goal? And it is continually used as a plot base for different stories and different villains. Well, I think I think that that is kind of like again is is a is a little a little hint of reality that someone's used to kind of create like a uh you know create a a reason or a motive for for you know these characters where you know like you you see like in the real world there's there's like a very very small percentage of people who who have so much money that they never really have to ultimately worry about anything. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's like these, these characters want to, you know, control the world because like their whole entire life, like they've just, no one's ever liked them and no one, you know, and you know, they just have never had any, any real respect or, or, you know, no one really ever cared for them. Mm -hmm. So they, they think that if they can control the world, that, that somehow they'll have this respect or, or they'll, you know, like people will have to, to worship them because they'll have no choice, you know, like they will be, you know, because they are evil. They, you know, like people would be afraid of them if they, you know, and like the whole idea of a villain, a lot of time is this, if I can't have people's, you know, respect. Well, then, well, then the next best thing would be for, to have them be afraid of me. And so, and so, like this, this idea of controlling the world, and you know, never having to worry about anything ever again, and and just you know, have all these people just basically be afraid of me all the time. You know, like that they they feel like that would be the ultimate the ultimate thing to have. You know. Is to just be able to have people do whatever you, whatever you want them to do uh, out of fear. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to the next one, the revenge recurrence. Um, and this is about, you know, villains always doing stuff out of revenge. They want to get <laughs> back at the person that hurt them or the people that, that did, uh, did, did terrible things. Um, do you think when villains get revenge, do you think it's justifiable and why is it like always sometimes for different stories and different mediums that revenge is a dish serve cold cold yes yeah well i you know like i i think like kind of like what you talked about earlier like earlier about you know like when when things happen that that there there can be different paths to to achieve a goal and whether you make a bad the bad one or you know or a good one it all can depend on on how your character is perceived mm -hmm. and so like you know like but the but at the same time everyone fantasizes about making that bad choice or wanting to make that bad choice uh when when they face something that's very, you know, hurtful or, or like, you know, like, and you see, like, you see these, these people, these, these amazing people, um, 
in real life where where a loved one's life has been taken and they take the the high road and and you know like forgive these people that that had taken in someone else and that that's not the thought that most people have you know when something that awful happens and so like i think sometimes we we like the these villains and movies because we like to fantasize the you know like what would happen to someone if someone you know did something you know like we would like to see them what would happen if the if you chose the wrong way of dealing with with revenge and you know because we wouldn't do it in real in real life you know like we get to live that that out you know through that fantasy out through a movie you know or or even like going to video games like you know people play grand theft auto you know most people aren't gonna you know the idea of just going through a city just shooting a whole bunch of innocent people just for fun and you know running people over isn't something you'd actually do in real life but but it's it's just a way to to do something that you wouldn't do you know and and like you know like that that gives you like a different different way to see something or that's pretty much what god of war is uh Mm -hmm. like from the first game it's just kratos getting revenge on the gods yeah um because his wife and his child was taken away like he was um Mm -hmm. you know he has to deal with that trauma and so he's going to take it on the gods and stuff and you know even even though kratos and even punisher uh even though those are kind of like we consider them as anti-heroes, they want revenge uh, yeah. because they're dealing with their grief and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to move on to the next one because we only got like about two more after this one. Okay. Um, now, this one is kind of going to be dealing with shootings. So, you know, okay. this is going to kind of go might be a hard uh, discussion. Um idolizing shooters uh when we think of Columbine, when we think of the past when we think of las vegas and stuff it's people feel like the news networks glorify them because they keep repeating their names or they keep showing them um there was a time period definitely this year where there was just been so many shootings and even some around the world um why, why? I don't think that's something that we can celebrate, and we shouldn't mm-hmm. celebrate. Even no. though, even though I did write a topic that says should vitas be successful, they should be successful in fictional things, not in real life things. Yeah, you know. Well, and you know, and like we were talking though, like success. Success doesn't always necessarily mean that they have to be successful in 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 an evil way. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you know, like the their success could be that they find find out that what they're doing is is wrong, and they do change their ways. But, but, like you know, like there's you know, certain, yes, yeah, yeah. 
Because it, it, it's weird that when it comes to shootings, you know, I, we have this idea that the shooter think they are going to be um, immortalized and, you know, thought of and they left, they they took people with them or, you know, they they killed people and they got arrested, you know, and they feel like that they carried out their plan. They were successful because they, they took a life or, yeah. um, and stuff like that. Um, and the reason why I included this is because it's kind of reminder that even though villains in video games and in movies and comic books and stuff is that like that is, all in this fictional world and everything, mm-hmm. we shouldn't immortalize the stuff or we shouldn't think that if they do it in those mediums, I could do it in real life and get the same results. You know, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of scary to see that. And, yeah. you know, I, I normally when I do the beauty of, of video games, I always put in like a bad thing that you know we ha- we have to learn from even though it happened to s- it happened you know this is something that we have to move and learn from um and so i included you know shootings and stuff like this mm-hmm. um kind of want to give your viewpoint on why do you think in this as a as a white male as such as yourself why do you think that a lot of white males carry out this, um, carry out these situations, carry out these um, shootings and stuff? Like, what make what? What do you think makes them feel like this is a bad representation for my race, in a sense? And why? Why does that feel like that? It it because of these shootings that I automatically get judged as a villain, even though I'm not. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I think, I think before, I'm sorry. And before you answer Jesse, sorry. And that goes, even goes for me as a black person, you know, there's a stick, not stigma. Uh, there's a thought that black people, some black people are gangsters because of the way that they dress. And they think that, because you are a gangster, you have a gun, and you would carry out a shooting, you know. So the perception, yeah. I should say. Yeah, it, it's stereotype. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's like mm-hmm. a stereotype out there. Of, yeah, like, yeah. The um, I think the thing is, like, you know, like, I don't like as far as when it comes to like. uh like psychology and all that kind of stuff. You know, I obviously I'm not like a psychologist or anything like that, but I, I do believe that a lot of, a lot of the, like the, the reason behind a lot of this stuff is based on a lot of psychology stuff. Um, you know, the, the thing, the thing is though, like, like these people that do these shootings and stuff like that, like they they're so like far gone in their brain that they think that doing something like that is going to somehow like you know make them 
like this, like so great or whatever, you know, like they think it's gonna like that. They're going to be such a great, you know, character because of what they did. But like in reality, I think the thing is, is like people have just got to be more front, you know, like be forward about this stuff is like, like if anything, all these people are is cowards. Like Mm -hmm. they're, you know, like, like you said, a lot of, you know, a lot of times they are white males, uh, who, who have grown up in, in this like gun culture, um, that, you know, like kind of back to what we were talking about earlier too, is it's, it's these, these people who, you know, like have, have a lot of the times been either bullied or, or picked on or abused or like, you know, so there, there are aspects of these people that, that I do think we should sympathize with, but the problem is, is we, we need to do that before this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. We need to try to, to help these people and, and try to steer them in a better direction before these things happen. Yes. And, and I think that's what, like one of the main problems that a lot of people agree with is like, we don't, and I, I mean, it's not like it's an easy thing to do, but it's like there are some aspects of health and mental health that are lacking like any kind of help, you know, like in, in certain places and and things like that. And I think I think it's ultimately it's just something that does a lot of times come down to a, men, a mental illness or or just, uh, you know, people who who maybe haven't had a great path in life who who don't know how to make the right kind of choices or or just don't know how to deal with hardships like you know i mean you know I'll, I'll admit it like you know white white people in general they we have you know we have uh uh privileges and things that you know that we don't have to worry about nearly as much as other you know other nationalities and so like you know i can see where some people that just depending on their the way they grew up if they're not used to having to deal with a with you know a hardship of some sort that they just kind of throw a tantrum or 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 you know make bad choices because of it just because they're kind of like don't know any better, you know, like there's just certain things like that, that, you know, like I think we need to focus on. And, and as far as people idolizing, like, you know, people like this that we see, like those are a lot of times are just other people who, who also can sympathize with mm-hmm. them, but they're also facing uh, the same kind of situations that maybe these people were before they did the shooting as well and then they think well well i felt that way and maybe that's what i need to do to 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 feel better about something and And i think sometimes the shooters have a belief that they're doing the right thing that they're doing some justice so they are carry out their um plan and yeah. regardless of how many people they kill, you know, they try to get as many as they can. And I think they already know that 
and this is an assumption from from my point of view. I think they already know that they're going to take their lives because, you know, they carried out what they needed to carry, and they don't want to do no jail time for it. They don't want to be uh, caught or anything. So what they'll do is to escape all of this to make it easier, you know, I'll just kill myself and get rid of myself. Yeah, and that's why I said, like, you know, ultimately these people should be looked at as cowards Mm -hmm. because, like, you know, like, and maybe that's a message that we need to get out to people. I mean, you know, that's the thing is you you want to be sympathetic with the idea of, of, you know, of them maybe being abused as a child or, you know, some of these people have been, you know, have been tortured. These kids have been tortured or or, you know, like, you know, again, rape, you know, rape, rape, things like that can be. some say that they think others have been radicalized. Like they have been, they have been, they've been around family. And so to get that uh, exception from their dad or their mom, they have to carry this out. You know, they have to hate this type of people or hate this group of people and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's, I agree with you trying to sympathize. You want to sympathize them, but their actions take that sympathy away or yeah. it, it doesn't or allow you, that sympathy to be there. Well, what you would, you know, like what I would like to say to them is, is like, if they, you know, if like, if I was, let's say I was to sit down with someone who, who like potentially was going to, to, to do something mm-hmm. like that. And, and they, and they tell me that, you know, like, you know, like, well, the reason I wanted to do this, why I wanted to kill all of them is because they, they, you know, they were abusive to me or they tortured me. And then, you know, like you just want to say to people like this, you know, that, that think that way, well, you know what, the second that you do do something bad, like kill them or, or, you know, kill yourself or, or whatever you've you've let that person win because ultimately you've let that person control who you are Mm -hmm. and you've ultimately let them win you've ultimately said yes i am useless and and, yes i am worthless which and you don't resolve anything Yeah. yeah you've you've basically you've you've ended your life saying that yes they were right i am useless and i am a waste of life and and you've you've basically died you know making making their their things that they said to you to bully you become a reality and and that like in my opinion that is not that's you you know you've lost you 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 could have took the 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 better route and you could have been the better person and and you know had a life and and possibly been successful but but you chose to to do something bad and and uh, you know let let them you know win let them in so uh, you know like it's like that's the thing is like <clears throat> yeah they they think that they there's they have these grand ideas of them doing these things and they're going to be you know, this, this great character, but in reality, that's just not the way, that's not the way it works. And they, they're not alive to see that. And it's sad because this is still going to continue to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we're gonna move on to this uh this next one, and then we'll get into the last part, and then uh uh Jesse will give the uh epilogue. Um. Okay. So me and you still have this ongoing debate. And many have had it. And you probably know where I'm going to go with this. Making a murderer. And okay. uh, I'm just going to read a little bit off of Wikipedia. I'm not going to talk about the second season. I'm just going to talk about the first one. Because that's where a lot of conversation really happened. Yeah. Um, the show tells the story of Stephen Avery. A man from Manitowoc. Manitowoc. Uh, Manitowoc, uh, County, Wisconsin, who served 18 years in prison for the wrongful conviction of sexual assault and attempted murder of Penny Bernstein. Uh, 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 he was again charged in 2005 and convicted in 2007 for the murder of Teresa Habak. Um, the connected story is that uh, Brendan Daisy, accused of convicted... Dassey. Yeah. Dassey. Uh, accused of convicted as an accessory in the murder. The first season mainly chronicles the period between 1985 and 2007, portraying Avery's 1985 arrest and conviction. His subsequent exoneration and release in 2003, the civil lawsuit Avery filed against Manitowoc County, his 2005 arrest, and the ensuing trial and conviction in 2007. It also depicts the arrest, prosecution, and conviction of Avery's nephew, Brendan Dacey. 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 I said Dacey. Sorry, (laughs) Dacey. Focusing on the accusations of coercion and uh, attorney ineptitude. Um, And most of this came, and the reason why I put this in the beauty of video games. Um, because this, another thing about per- perception, the way that the documentary is delivered, that some things probably were edited out or were, you know, they had to put it in a way where they were able to deliver a compelling story for people to watch, even though there might have been some inaccuracies. And that happens in documentaries. You know, they mm-hmm. want to show you what they want to show you, but they try their best to cover everything. They try to be fair with some yeah. documentaries. Um, and me and you had a discussion about it that, you know, we think, uh, well, you think Steve Every is not guilty. Um, I think he is. Um, and at that time we was going back and forth of, seeing Steve Avery as this different kind of villain. And we had questions um, that we probably, if we watched it, probably would have a different viewpoint. But we had questions about it, um, of why he did it or why he didn't do it, of, you know, his innocence or his guilt. And I think that thing, that is still something debated today. Um, well, I think the problem is, though, is you really do have to watch the second the second season yes. to really because see the the problem is, is like with the, and and like to be honest, like I like I don't I honestly don't I think there are a lot of things that Stephen Avery had did, mm-hmm. you know that that were definitely questionable, and I don't think he's like by any means a perfect person and i think there was but some I news don't, that came I out i just don't think that he did it 
I think there was some update that came out about this. I heard it on the yeah. video a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, some it was they don't they don't know for sure what what to believe yet and and I believe it's coming from um coming from the the person that's that's uh representing Stephen Avery as well had said that they don't know that that's that it's true or not that they think it's just someone trying to uh get attention yes. but some some someone is has that was from is uh is known to be a murderer and in prison for murder um has has um to came forward and confessed that that he he's the one who did it um like there's, we still don't know how how you know about that stuff. Yes. Um. It it's interesting, but but a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of times when something is big, a case is this big, you know, there's gonna be people out there who are gonna try to uh, try to take responsibility for something just so they can, you know, they they think that they that will make them famous then, because then they're then they're brought up in the media and stuff like that so why do you think making a murderer cause so much discussion not not so, not so much controversy but discussion where people were choosing sides and some people in the middle they don't know they need more information what do you think why do well, you think this well happened? if you if you wanted me to be honest with it i think I think a lot more white people are are seeing the things you know that have gone in you know gone on with with police brutality and stuff you know like the you know you've had the the race riots and mm-hmm. like you know you've had like where the where in was it Philadelphia where where the the police had bombed a black community Yes. And, you know, you like, you know, more and more, I think people are like questioning authority and 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 saying, hey, you know, it's it's not OK to to do this just because you're a police officer. And, hey, it's not OK, you know, to to, you know, just convict someone just so you can uh, say that you caught the bad guy and not actually do, you know, do people justice. And Mm -hmm. because, you know, like, so I feel like sometimes, you know, it it feels like, like they, they've, they've just convicted someone because it was easy for them to convict someone and they, they don't really have any proof. But they think that if they just do that, that that the quicker they just convict anyone that they can, that the sooner that those that family can can you know grieve or or feel feel better. Yes. And and unfortunately, that's that's not the way our our you know our system should work. It, it should actually want to try to genuinely catch the actual person who did something. And I, and I. I think Steve Avery um, is going to die in jail. I I yeah. don't think this case is ever going to get solved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think. I think what makes it what makes it interesting though with this is because because he was known, you know, mm-hmm. knowingly, 
con or well not knowingly, but he was convicted for a murder that that was you know later proven that he did not do and and uh or not a was it wasn't a murder was it was it sexual assault yeah sexual assault um and and then that you know that later came out that the whole reason that he was he was convicted for that is because there was um you know like his family was known and you know like and people in that town just didn't like his family and so they just thought like oh well you know they could convict him because no one cares or likes him and that they thought it was him you know because it, and it turned out that like he didn't look at the time anything like the the uh person that was described or something stupid like like they they talk they go over that whole part in the beginning of mm. the of the first season but but I, I think then, like once, once they had to be get, you know, the the, the uh, city and the government had to be paying him money for that wrongful conviction. Yes. Like people start to think that well, maybe they they thought to not have to keep on paying him or whatever, they could put him back in jail, and if they could find a reason. You know, so there, there's just a lot of a lot of of mistrust and and things like that 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 we see, you know, happening more and more, mm -hmm. and so and so that you know kind of plays a part in in this this documentary and now whether his you know his uh, the people representing him are knowingly using that. And their favor, I mean, that could be, but, but ultimately the, the, the idea of it is, is like, like when I watch that though, like the main thing I focus on is, is how poorly I feel like the, uh, the investigation was done and how poorly things were done. And, and it feels like in any other case, if things weren't being handled properly and being done properly the way that that happened in his case, that a lot of the times those would be thrown out because there there's no, you know, like there's no real evidence like that that seemed to be, you know, connected enough. Like there are just certain things just seem just didn't seem right. Like regardless of of you know whether you think he's innocent or guilty, like certain things just didn't seem to be done properly, yeah. and and I think I think that that ultimately is what makes makes you question whether whether he's guilty or not is just like well if he really was guilty like why does it seem like they had to try so hard to to make things like and put things in the in the way to to favor them into making it look like he did it like it, it just i don't know there's just certain things that just didn't add up and of course like the it, like something they touch on the second the second uh season of mm -hmm. it that the, is like what you don't realize behind the scenes is those guys who represented him in that that whole entire first season yeah 
they really didn't have any idea what they were doing and they didn't have any time to do their own counter counter balancing uh investigation on things to to do any hard you know like scientific evidence to back his side up um and that's why the second season was i feel like way more in uh important and interesting than the first season because she had this lady who does the second one she had all the time in the world to to go over the evidence and do you know do the testing and, and forensic testing and do you know all these different kinds of tests to to prove the opposite um you know to to show how he he could not have have done these things or how you know like these are people that you should be looking at you know and so i think i think the the reason it was popular though is like you know like people like we all you know want the villain to be caught yes but sometimes uh, we let our actions you know like and our emotions yeah and our emotions get in the way and possibly, and it's happened, you know, many, many times mm-hmm. where the wrong person is convicted. And a lot of times the wrong person is sent to death, you know, just because we, we got way too ahead of ourselves. And, but so, and sometimes the person who is guilty um, gets to go free, you know. Yeah, when, yeah exactly. Like... And and you can look at it in in different lights. And we'll get to the last part uh, before we end the show. If you look at the O.J. Simpson trial, a lot of white people were upset that he was found innocent. If you look at um, George Zimmerman on how he got away with it, you've seen how yeah. a lot of black people were upset. Um, yeah. There was a case of this former police officer. Um, she went into someone else's house, killed the man, thought the place was hers, but it wasn't. And yeah. she ended up getting, I think, what, six years? No, she ended up getting 10 years. Ten. Yeah. Uh, with, ten. with five years probation, you know, uh, she got, a, I think, pro, a probation court or appeal or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And the black the son of the guy uh you know yeah the bro- his brother yeah. yeah it was his brother it wasn't was it brother. i think no it was his son was it i i thought it was his, i thought that it was his older brother that was killed it 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 was but yeah. I, but i think it, i think it was the son though i think that was his son cuz Whatever it may be, the brother, brother or son. I think I yeah. I think I think it was the kid that was talking that that it was his brother that his older brother that had been killed. Uh, he offered. He asked the judge if they could give her a hug, and he gave her a yeah. hug, and it was all sentimental. Um, but they were still upset because if the shoe was on the other foot, other foot, there would have been no sentiment like like there, and. 
you know, there's been discussion about that. It's so it's it's kind of weird when you look at documentaries, when you look at court cases. Um, me and you, we watched the, this uh, the one called The Family, um, which mm-hmm. is like kind of about a religion, like religion. These people in this religion organization affecting the White House and stuff, and it's bonkers, crazy. It, it really is, and it's just like when you see, see stuff like this. You you're looking at the viewpoint of this real life villain, or this person or organization, and mm-hmm. they're meant to be seen as a villain. And we got whatever you take away from it, you make your decisions for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads into the last part, um, that you know we we have some real life villains, we have some fictional villains. Um, and you know, they kind of share some things, uh, back and forth, but you know, this was a celebration of, you know, of villains. Um, Mm -hmm. where do we go from here in a sense? Like, should we, should we continue to celebrate villains? Should we, you know, denounce villains and stuff like when what should we do now yeah i i mean i think i think uh you know ultimately when it when it comes to fiction you know like i like i said like it, i think the best villains are the are the ones who who uh you know have a complex thing you know to to them of why they are the way they are and and I and I think that like you can secretly like, you know, like in in that when you have villains, you can, you know, like many of them have, they kind of are secretly uh, a reflection of reality mm-hmm. in some sense. And and like, you know, like it's fine to cheer on villains and, you know, and think that, you know, that they're they're interesting or, or cool. But. But the the thing is, is, you know, like we've we've also got to to, you know, realize that that those those people that we see like you like you yourself could be put in a situation where you can make a right decision or a wrong decision. And and, you know, I think, you know, at some point you kind of can learn from some of that stuff. Um, But. You know, I think I think overall, like, you know, obviously most of it is is just fiction and it and it's it's all entertainment. Um, but but I think you know we just gotta remember that in the end, the good guy, <laughs> the good guy almost always wins. Yeah. So so you know, like the you know we've gotta definitely when those times come in life, we've gotta you know choose to to make the right decisions and. Uh, and hopefully, you know, just learn from from the these these characters that we uh, see in our everyday life. You know, TVs, video games. You know, like it's it's all it's all stories and and things that that we you know read or watch or or play. And and I think ultimately there's there's usually something hidden in there that's based on reality and and it's just kind of a lesson a lesson that we learn can learn from. So, 
with everybody. Now I hand it over to Jesse. He's going to deliver the epilogue on the video video games volume five, feeling villainous. So Jesse, it is now in your hands. All right. Well, I, I kind of, I feel like that last thing was almost like my, but like, yeah, you know, like villains, uh, ultimately like a lot of the shows we watch, um, games we play i mean they would be pretty boring without them honestly you know there's you like you know like i've talked about earlier when we got into like batman and and stuff like that i mean you know like they've they've got so many great villains in there that are that ultimately are you know like each villain is kind of like a representation of the of the fragment of of what it took to, to, you know, create that hero, you know, that we, that we want to love and, and see beat the bad guy at the end of the day. And, uh, and, you know, and then you've got, you've got a lot of movies and things where the villains, you know, like they, like what, what, how fun or what good of a movie would uh scream be if there, there was no, you know, person in a mask running around with a knife. I mean, like it just wouldn't be it wouldn't be a movie because that one that, you know, like that, that that uh, villain is the whole reason that 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 entertainment exists, you know, because it's, you know, it's that that need that some people need to have for, you know, to be afraid or or whatever or be shocked or, you know, those kind of things. And then, you know, as far as video games go, it, you know, like they're, the villain is, is always going to be like, you know, that, that final like feeling of, of, uh, of excitement and, and, you know, feeling of accomplishment when we get to the end of the game. And there's that, that final, you know, boss that we have to beat, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to really, you know, bring the, the story to uh, uh, hopefully a, a good end and and make you feel like you've accomplished you know a goal and and uh, hopefully look forward to uh, uh, another game you know coming out or whatever by that by that creator so you know like the the villain ultimately is is just as important I feel like as the hero is so because without without one you don't have the you have no reason for the other. So, everybody, that has been this year's Beauty of Video Games Volume 5, Feeling Villainous. You can check all the content at codenamednext.com. Uh, you can check the blogs, I mean, not the blogs, you can check uh, the podcast episodes on Optional Opinion, on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, or other any podcast apps. Jesse, go ahead and plug. What would you like to plug? Uh, you you can find me uh, on Xbox and uh, Twitter and just about everywhere as Phantom NXS. Um, I I am I haven't late, these past couple of days haven't really been working much more on on music, but yeah, I do I do have some music and stuff that people can listen to on uh, on SoundCloud if you just search Jesse and Douglas. What's the name of your album? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I I keep on forgetting it because I haven't looked at it in a while. <laughs> it's uh it's the 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 um why why am I blanking on it? I I'm blanking on it right now. But but well just go to go in on there and uh and search for Jesse Douglas um and Phantom NXS. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you can, it's, I want to say the invasion or no, it's the, why, uh, why am I blank? I'm so tired right now, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm ready. Well, like once we're done with this, I'm, I'm going right to bed. I'm tired. But. Yes. Everybody, you can check out, uh, Fenton NXS on, uh, SoundCloud. You can find this album there. Intervention. That's In- what it's called. It's called Intervention. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, thank you, Jesse, for delivering the epilogue. Everybody, thank you for joining uh, me and my guests, listening to the podcast, reading the blogs. Um, thank you guys for uh, this year just, you know, just being happy and celebrating your favorite villains and everything. Uh, next year will be Volume 6. And. That one is already in the stages. It's going to be a really, really good one. And I can't really wait to talk to you guys about it. But everybody, we will see you next year for the Video Video Games Volume 6. Once again, thank you, Jesse. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Eric M. Hunter. Thank you, Benji. And thank you, Devin M. Cox from the Devin Cox Experience for coming on the show and having these discussions with me. With that, everybody, we will see you next time on Optional Opinion, and we will see you next year for the Video video Games Volume 6. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, as I started, I started getting tired. Like when that when I was asking you if we were going to be 